This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Caitlin Bristow, who was a Bachelor franchise member, she got engaged on her podcast. Oh, yeah? So, well, it's not no time like today. the present. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's take a breath. <sighs> hey, guys. I'm Cindy Litwako, and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Welcome back. And if you are new here, thank you so much for being here. And I hope you all are great. I'm going to keep this intro pretty short. We have a lot to get into today. Today is the episode that we have once a month with my boyfriend, Nick. I love to have the female and the male perspective, and I think he offers some great advice. So we get into your assumptions about us, which is super fun, and then we get into all of your questions and advice that you reached out about. It's definitely an informative episode. We have a ton of fun, and I just enjoy it so much getting to work with my boyfriend. So thanks for giving us the opportunity to do that, you guys. Besides that, I just have a quick little something to share. Um, Nick found out some news this week about a friend that had passed. And I just wanted to remind everyone to, you know, tell the people that you love, that you love them. Hold on to the people that you love as tight as you can and just be nice to people. If you want to watch this episode, you can. I linked the YouTube. I spent a lot of time working on that. I'm getting the the editing skills. I'm fine-tuning them. And I only had to redo this project once. So good for me. Um, So yeah, the link is below. You can click it to watch and listen while you're here. And make sure before you go that you hit that like button so you can get informed of new episodes every Wednesday and share this one with someone who needs to hear it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, my special co-host, Nick. How are you feeling? Awesome. (laughs) Did you feel honored by the positive response to your last episode that got you back on this episode? I did. I I, I always feel like, well, I always tell Sydney, like, yeah, you should probably have me back on the pod. There's probably some people out there who only listen because of me, so it's it's about time that... (laughs) I come co-host again. You may not be wrong. I'm joking. (laughs) Hopefully that's not true. But he is our honorary guest once a month. So he graces us with his presence once a month. So thanks for sharing with us, Nick. Um, So before we jump into all of the things that we're doing today that are very exciting. So we're going to go through your assumptions about us. I've read some of them. And I can't wait to see Nick's reactions without actually reading them. Should be a good time. And we have a lot of situations of yours to go through We hope that we can give you some good advice and help you in your week. Um, Before we do that, I ask all of my guests and I guess all of my co-hosts this question, but I always ask someone to either bring A, something that's surprising that not a lot of people would expect from you, B, um, something with a funny backstory, or C, something from your nightstand. And since we share a bedroom, I'm interested to see if it's something from your nightstand. So do you have something to share with the class today? Um... I guess something from my nightstand other than like my cell phone. Um, I do keep 
um, the ashes of uh, one of my best friends who passed away, actually going on coming up on two years. Uh, so I was lucky enough to get some of his ashes from his parents um, after he passed away. So I keep those on my nightstand. The thing I always notice about you is how highly you spoke of your family members and your friends and how you treated them like family. So the story about Stricker, your mm-hmm. friend, was actually um, very touching to me that you guys were so close and that he was still such a part of your life, even though we hadn't met. I think you even wrote to me about him, about how we would have gotten along really well and that you wish that we would have met before. Um he passed, but I feel like no matter what, when people move on, they're always around you in some way, which is actually something that's happened to us kind of a lot when we talked about like people that we cared about or people that passed on before us. I remember a specific conversation um, going away from Sugar for a second about our grandparents, Mm -hmm. Um, both of our grandmas before they passed, they were very special to us, but before they passed, they each said that they wanted to be reincarnated as a butterfly. And I guess it's something that could be pretty common that I don't know, grandparents say, I'm not sure, but I found that especially comforting about talking to you because it just felt like we were connected between something that was kind of bigger than ourselves. I don't know if that's how you felt about it, but I think that was one thing that I really remember when we first started talking was that comment because actually that butterfly thing was one of those things that um, I've used a lot lately for whenever I'm like feeling overwhelmed or feeling like I needed like a sign, I would always look around and then all of a sudden I would see a butterfly. Yeah. I I can't remember if it was my grandma who actually said it or if it was somebody close, either my mom or maybe my aunt or someone who said every time you see a butterfly, it's grandma Debbie. Mm. So that's kind of the connection that we had early on. That's wild. Yeah. I remember that moment when you said that and I said that and I was like, Oh, shoot. This is, this could be something real. I don't know if that was a sign or not. But yeah, I feel like no matter what, they always are around us. And I like that you keep him close. And I feel like he's watching over us. And if anyone's out there lost someone, I feel like they never are really lost. They're always a part of us. An interesting way to kind of start off the episode, but I promise we won't just be downers the entire time. But I liked that you shared that with us. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, besides that, has there been anything lately you've been thinking about? Anything on your minds um, that you just kind of want to talk through? Got anything? Um, I feel like this is a leading question. Um, <laughs> but uh, we actually today is our our one year anniversary. <laughs> we're doing. If that's what you wanted me to say. I don't know if it was. <laughs> We're recording an episode. I am. We're working on our anniversary. That's how much we care about all of you. But yes, it is happy anniversary, babe. Yeah, happy anniversary. <laughs> one year. One since year. I was outed by Us Weekly. Yeah, one year <laughs> since Nick was featured in Us Weekly. That's our anniversary day. I think technically it's been a year and probably. Th- I don't know when you consider a relationship starting, but uh, I'd say probably the first time you came and visited. Yeah, which would was be like a that's around this time last year. No. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit before. Yeah. Okay. No, like, actually, it would have been this yeah, week. Yeah, by a couple of days, it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, so happy yeah. anniversary to us. Yeah. Do you feel pressure from your family yep. and my family <laughs> and Instagram and everyone that you know about making that next move? Um. Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's not something that I haven't obviously thought about and something we haven't talked about obviously, Mm -hmm. but yeah, 
I'm catching it from all angles right now. Just taking <laughs> shrapnel from every <laughs> every direction. In the hot seat. Yeah. Hot but, you know, I mean, it doesn't bother me. It's obviously something that I've never gone through. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of exciting. But at the same time, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. So if you have any advice <laughs> or direction. I Actually, um, Caitlin Bristow, who was a Bachelor franchise member, she got engaged on her podcast. Oh yeah. So well, it's not no time like the present. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Next month, maybe. Yeah. Um. Amazing. Well, thank you for laying that on us. Mm -hmm. I I don't feel pressure, but ready when you are. Anyways, we are gonna get into your assumptions about us first, and I'm kind of interested to see how this is gonna go. And then we have all of your advice we're gonna give. So first assumption, I'll read them off. We assume that this is your first relationship where you both feel into it equally. Is this your first relationship that you feel like both sides are equally as invested as compared to other relationships? I think so, yeah. And I that's not a bash on any of my maybe <laughs> former <laughs> girlfriends. I just uh because they could go both ways, honestly. There's there was relationships where um I probably could have put in more effort and been more of a team player. And I mean, you know how I am. I can get stubborn. I can get, uh, I can pretty be pretty hard to deal with sometimes, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the first, this is the first relationship where I've felt like not only have my, uh, feelings been reciprocated, but, uh, I'm also kind of stepping outside of myself a little bit more and at least trying to give more than I have in the past. Mm-hmm. So do you just chop that up to knowing when something's right and then being able to freely kind of jump into it and go those next steps or what do you what do you think that is <laughs> not I answering mean, the question for you but no, it's a combination of uh naturally it's just happening happening naturally yeah i just i am naturally giving more because i i just care more like i i, I just i guess when you can see things past today yeah. And just dating in the now, then it's a lot easier to just naturally give more mm-hmm. and make sure that, you know, that your relationship continues to go the distance and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, when you can't see that, I think it's a lot easier to get complacent and just not, not put in the effort, put in the time, put in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a combination of me wanting to be better because uh-huh. I have been. I don't want to cuss in your podcast, but you're allowed to. I, I, been, I don't think I've been shitty in past relationships, but I've definitely not given the effort that some of, you know, some of my ex-girlfriends have probably deserved. Um, I'm thankful that you didn't. <laughs> so you wouldn't be here right now. But. I'm sure they are, too, because they're all thriving. They're doing well. That's good. <laughs> so, Wishing you all the best. Yeah. This one, I think, is for me. Um, you experience racism, which is kind of a heavy hitter. And being – so if anyone doesn't know my background, I'm half Filipino, half Irish. And I always just was the token half Asian girl in my like friend group growing up. So I – I don't know. I was pretty – I didn't feel like very left out because of that um, necessarily because I felt like I had like one other Asian friend and it, I just wasn't seen as like other in any way. There was like – always guys that would make jokes. Like I remember one of my guy friends would 
joke that I my parents owned like the Mongolian barbecue down the street, something like that. So it's just like little – there would be little things like that that I would experience, but nothing luckily too crazy, at least for, not that something that I can remember. Um, but I was lucky in that way. And I think I that also has to do with how I kind of was raised. I was just – I never really saw people as other. I all hung out with all types of people. And I think because I learned to kind of show that respect to other cultures, didn't I experienced it um, in a positive way back to me. So I don't know. I was lucky in that way. But that has to do with a lot of factors. Um, Nick is older than you. I am a cougar, guys. I am a full cougar by a whole month. And not <laughs> even though I forgot your birthday one time – Oh, I'll never forget. Two days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really rough weekend and I was super busy and my brain wasn't working. And I was like, oh, yeah, your birthday's on this day. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I got his birthday wrong. Wrong so. month. Wrong. Not even in the I ballpark. didn't get the wrong <laughs> month. I just had a lapse of brain judgment. I don't know what was going on. And then I panicked and memory I was trying- lapse. Memory lapse. Brain judgment. <laughs> Anywho. I didn't forget. Now I know it's August 18th. So everyone wish Nick a happy birthday on you August 18th because he loves his birthday. He would love if you threw him a surprise party. He just loves to celebrate himself. It'll probably be what? I don't even know what day of the week is. It'll be on. It's off Friday. Just another Friday. Actually, no. It's on a a Wednesday. It's on a Wednesday. Even better. There you go. <laughs> I'll be at work. Um, are you very serious, someone says. They assume that you're very serious, which you kind of get a lot and you kind of portray that, I think. I can see why they would say that about you. Um, yeah, I mean, I was told recently that it must just be my face because I, I was told recently by my little sister who was two years behind me in school that every dude in her grade was afraid of me because I would walk around the hallways like I was mad, like I was pissed off which was absolutely not the case. I just must have the male version of I was literally going to say that. Face. Male so, MRBF. <laughs> yeah. I'm not mad. I'm I'm, I'm pretty serious when it comes to certain things, but like for the most part like I I would like to think that one of the reasons Sydney liked me and I think she's talked about this before in the podcast is because I have I'd like to think I have a sense of humor <laughs> and I can be funny. I think um, you do. But I think th- I think certain things uh deserve seriousness and I agree. But, you know. I will life. say he wears his emotions on his sleeves, so you you can tell when he's going to be serious or when he needs to be serious at that moment. He yeah. kind of shuts down, but he, he he never hides anything that he's feeling, which is kind of lovely in a way because he gets over the emotions pretty quickly instead of bottling them up, which is kind of nice. Um, He'll never be unsure of how I feel. Though. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's my way of kind of showing respect to people. Like, hey, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to your face. If I don't like you, you're probably going to read it in my body language. And uh, if I like you, then we're going to be just fine. We're going to be friends and you're going to know it probably. So Yeah, I got that I was serious all the time growing up, but I think I was just shy. So I was very reserved. And then that was portrayed as me being a bitch. So that's my favorite thing. People would tell me like, I always thought you were a bitch, but you're actually kind of cool. I'm like, great. Awesome. Well, Compliment. nice to meet you too. Um, both extremely competitive. Yes, because I'm better at everything. Um, <laughs> I don't know what she would be referring to, but yes, we are both extremely competitive. Yeah, that's probably evident in your story from this past weekend mm. with it captured. Uh, my siblings and I 
oh, involved yeah. in an argue, an ongoing argument uh, <laughs> about who's the better athlete in our family. Never have I ever heard this argument between anyone else besides you and your family. It's a con- regular argument that happens every time they get together, pretty much. Like no, not every time we get together. Almost every other time. I'd say it's pretty when, consistent. You know, there's a few uh, pops, pops you. involved. <laughs> He's going to propose soon. TBD. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, that seems to be the going theme. Yeah, I these mean, days. Sorry, <laughs> guys. <laughs> are you stressed? <laughs> no, I'm not stressed. Uh, I can't wait. We're going. I don't to- know. I don't know what. I mean, everyone's idea of soon is different. That so, is true. Sure. <laughs> um, I can't wait to go home in two weeks to see my parents, and my mom's going to be next level asking well, she's not subtle about it either we're officially a year in so yeah I mean, <laughs> that used to be your excuse yeah. you'd be like we haven't been dating a year yet and yeah. here we are this one i left his name up there because he's your friend <laughs> i think sydney likes cincinnati more than she thought she would yes i did i was actually shocked that you guys have a lot more options here than i was expecting you think cincinnati you think skyline because that's what people want to ask me about every five minutes and farm i don't know i don't know. i don't know what my vision of cincinnati was but it wasn't what i've experienced i'm pleasantly surprised i do miss the ocean now i'm never gonna stop saying that um i think nick is low-key a one tree hill fan like for freshman year no, no, no sophomore year of college i moved in with uh moved into a house with three of my teammates and uh we did not have cable for like the first couple weeks of camp and uh <laughs> All we had was a uh, Xbox and a list of DVDs, and we—I think we watched Mighty Ducks like six different times. And then, last but not least, One Tree Hill. That was all that was left. So we were like, "Well, I guess we're watching this." This so is it. I yeah. wouldn't say a fan, Nate, <laughs> but I would say I've seen it all. If that was your question or your something, <laughs> back in the DVD days. Um, I'm he, pretty sure Nate was there to watch it with me. Uh, so. That's what it seems Nate, like. If you're, so. you're calling yourself out yeah. at this point. <laughs> you just outed yourself. <laughs> you guys very rarely argue. You guys are so cute, though. We definitely argue. But it's been – I think it's a reasonable amount. I haven't been in a lot of relationships, but I will say if I were to be arguing a lot with him, I probably wouldn't still be here. <laughs> yeah. I don't like conflict whatsoever. Not that I avoid it. I just really don't enjoy fighting so we i think we fight a normal amount like what is your opinion or what is your your view uh, of your view on arguing or like fighting because hers is different than mine like i would love to never fight like we it's not like we ever we never like get in like screaming matches Mm -hmm. like that's not like we have disagreements and we may like talk louder than the other one but it but it's not like we're like screaming over top of each other. Like we have disagreements. We're, we're both passionate people. Mm-hmm. So strong like, opinions. yeah, like we both have strong opinions, but at the end of the day, we're not going to go to bed mad at each other. So well, we might because you do fall asleep really easily. Well, so. yeah, we've covered that on a couple different yeah. occasions. So <laughs> what would you recommend for couples or people like a healthy amount of arguing and like one is good and one is like something that you should maybe be concerned about? I mean, I would never recommend arguing. (laughs) I would say being a yes man or a yes woman and just like trying to appease the other person or, you know, always doing what they want to do or what they, you know, Mm -hmm. are always going along with their opinion and what they say is never healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think 
questioning, questioning things that you don't agree with. Um, or maybe you just question things you don't really know a whole lot about, um, is always healthy. That doesn't necessarily mean arguing about it. Mm -hmm. That just means coming to, and this is what our entire country has an issue with right now. They can't just agree to disagree. You hear people say it Mm -hmm. all the time, but they can't actually live that. Um, I think agreeing, agreeing to disagree is very healthy. Mm-hmm. And any, anytime you have a group think in any situation or any relationship, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't recommend arguing, but uh, question things and you know, be strong in your beliefs and your opinions. I agree with that. And then be open to hearing the other side yeah, as well. Absolutely. And I think it's important to bring up things when you're upset about something. For example, say I'm doing something that maybe bothers him and I – that's just my normal way of being, or I just didn't realize that's even something that would bother you. And it's better, I think, to like know that. So if it's something small that I don't do it again, I'm trying to think of like a clear example, but not, not to be nitpicky with your partner, but to have those discussions so it doesn't turn into a bigger thing down the road. Cause that's never fun when you're having an argument about who did the dishes, but it's actually about that time where you said something that wasn't discussed and it turns into a bigger thing. It kind of snowballs. This is our last one. Still concerned that you moved here for him, but no ring. Like, hello, Nick. He can't commit. So they're assuming that you can't commit and they're concerned that I moved here very quickly. So timeline-wise, we started talking in March of last year, of 2020. And I moved in in August of 2020. And we had been in person as of June, right? Mm -hmm. So – If you look at it on a piece of paper like that, that seems concerning. That seems a little scary. Um, I think there are a lot of things went into play in our relationship. I think we both are big advocates of what we did where you we talked for three months and got to know each other really, really well. I think that lended to us having a solid foundation because it was nothing physical. It was all just like a friendship and that connection that we had built and that – like it was almost like felt safe to me because we had that strong connection because we had a lot of parts moving against us that could have derailed our relationship, but we both kind of fought for it equally. And our age, I think too, I think we both have had our own, I didn't have a ton of relationships, but our own experiences within relationships and found from that what we were looking for, what we're not looking for, and then found that in each other. And then the pandemic, we, I had no other I mean, I had another option, but I just didn't see uh, the the need to be doing long distance any longer when I it would have been more work for both of us and there was no reason for me to be in Los Angeles at the time. So I think a lot of those factors, I'm, I don't think that there necessarily needs to be a timeline of like when you do certain things in a relationship. I think you guys, everyone has their own personal experience with that. Um, but yeah, I think all of those factors kind of lended to that working. Would you agree with all those things? Yeah, and I I think uh, what people don't really realize is that like she like it was not like planned for her to move here. Yeah, like it just she just didn't leave. Yeah, really. <laughs> like at the at the end of the day, like she had plans obviously to move back to L.A. when uh, what she does for a living um, was not happening anymore in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and what she was currently doing. Um, she could be, it could be done from my house here in Cincinnati. Like it just kind of made sense. And I never put pressure on her to be like, you know, if, if you move back to LA, like, I don't really know what's going to happen. I was like, listen, 
I don't want to be the reason why you don't go after what you want to go after in life. And, you know, I would ask the same, Mm -hmm. um, from you for me, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like I'm, I, I didn't ask her to move here. I, I, I left it in her hands and, you know, I'm glad she obviously decided to to ultimately live here with me. So, yeah, I think it worked out for the better, but that was circumstantial. But I think, like I said before, it doesn't, any relationship timeline is kind of on your own time when you're feeling comfortable on both sides and kind of decide that for yourself. I think we are a good example that it doesn't necessarily need to be after this many months and this many days and this many experiences. I think it can kind of be open depending on what your relationship looks like. Oh, one more assumption. Sid is good at giving advice, not taking it. Nick was liked by all classmates. <laughs> I don't think I am good at taking advice. Am I? Actually, uh, no. I think so. I think I you're. I'm hard you on myself. Selective. So. <laughs> I mean, you could be selective. Of, of I'm what not good at taking take, advice but... to continue to clean. That's my my well, one. <laughs> listen, not all advice is good advice. At the end of the day, so I think it's good to have a filter with what advice that you take yeah, and you just leave. Need to be smart. Yeah. Be smart about it. Because if you just take everyone else's advice as like the word, then you're not going to have your own convictions in life. You're not going to know what's right for you or what um, works best for you. So I think it's trial and error. And I think I've done a lot of trial and error. And I think I've made a lot of mistakes and have always picked myself back up from those mistakes. So I think that has helped me give better advice to people because I'm just kind of learning from what I've learned. Um, and I just try to help people on that, with that. So yeah, I guess I'm not terrible at taking advice. It just depends on the advice. Um, were you liked by all classmates? <laughs> uh, I mean, I would like to think that I was. Um, not Claire's. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I guess not my the guys in my sister's grade. But uh, no, I mean, I tried to. I didn't like go out of my way to be liked by everyone. I think being an athlete and living in Cincinnati, like sports, especially football, are it's, you know it's it's basically religion in Cincinnati in the state of Ohio. So. Being an athlete, I think naturally um, you're liked by at least other athletes, maybe. But I tried to be nice to everyone I met, like in different circles, because obviously high school is very clicky. And being from Mason and having like 800 kids just in my graduating class alone, like you see, you see somebody every day. You're like, I have no idea who that person is. Don't know if they're in my grade. Don't know if, you know, so I didn't go out of my way to be liked by my classmates. I think uh, I just tried to do my best to treat everyone the same. Um, you know, I, I wasn't like a bully or anything. I don't, I don't think. Like, I would like I, to bring up the fact that you were prom king ugh, twice. Oh I'll I never... was prom king once. Okay. Well, you were almost twice, but you didn't go to that prom. I did not. I didn't, I didn't go. So there was no, there was no close or not close. <laughs> I, I had it one time. So I, I, I just remember my high school experience and I just always was like, oh, that's the shining light no. prom king. Or just no, every romantic comedy I've ever watched is just like that is the pinnacle of socialization. I don't know. Um, so that's it for your assumptions. I think you guys are pretty good at um, judging us. Pretty spot on. I thought they were going to be a lot crazier and a lot scarier thought, <laughs> and maybe yeah. more mean than they were. I just... I had assumptions of my own about what the assumptions were going to be. Which, when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. We are going to get into advice. And as we always say, or what we were even mentioning earlier, take our advice with a grain of salt. Um, I don't think that advice is just like helpful things. I don't think necessarily we are 
the best, the pinnacle of what you should follow. I think what we said as earlier is just kind of take it for what it is and see if it applies to you. And if not, great. Okay. Advice. Um, This person says, I'm connecting with someone on so many levels, but still working with a broken heart. Thoughts? New relationships after a broken heart. Have you ever like been heartbroken by someone? Um, yeah. I mean, who is she? You can be what? Who is she? <laughs> uh, you can be heartbroken probably a lot of times in life and it doesn't necessarily have to be in a relationship. I mean, you could, I agree with that. You know, you could go after your dream job and not get in on the first try and be heartbroken. Like, it's, um, I think it's obviously a lot easier said than done, but you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the person who you are connecting with on these various different levels to kind of leave that shit at the door for lack of a better, yeah. like you just got to leave that baggage behind. Like it happened and you I should think- be better, for, better off for it because you went through it and you're fine. And you look, that's, that is the perfect example. Like you, that you have dealt with, you've already dealt with our break because you're already connecting with somebody mm-hmm. else. So like, just ride that out. You're, mm-hmm. you're doing great already. Um, obviously when you, when you think back on, the relationship you were in and it's obviously still going to be painful, I'm sure. And it's going to hurt and you probably had some really good memories, but you know, I'm of the belief that everything kind of happens for a reason. And it's going to fall into place and you're already there. You've already connected with somebody else. So yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I think you can also be open with that person if you are connecting with them and you do have that kind of trust in that uh, connection that you're maybe struggling a little bit and it might take you a little bit more time and to ask for patience or whatever you kind of need going through that, but to still show them that you care for that person and you kind of want to um, continue forward, but it's going to take you like whatever time that is or whatever you need from that person. I think that's good, especially if you have that kind of trust between them. It's good to have that open conversation. And I think the more open that you can be with them, the more trust you'll build. And then when you have that trust even further, I think you'll be able to lean more into it and kind of move on from that heartbreak a little bit better. And I agree, like heartbreak can be anything really. A lot of my heartbreak came from missed opportunities or jobs that I wanted or things that kind of didn't work out. And it you have to give yourself the right amount of time to kind of get through them and not let yourself necessarily stay in that place, but give yourself enough time to kind of mourn it and move on from it in the way that works best for you. Um, so also giving yourself that time because no one expects you to be able to jump from one thing to the other and just be like ready to go and great. Like I think whoever this person is will probably understand what you're going through or be willing to work with you on it. So just tell them. I think about my crush slash him sometimes and the what if I feel regretful sometimes I think about my crush slash him sometimes and the what if I feel regretful sometimes so maybe you have a crush on this person you haven't told them and you kind of regret that you haven't um yeah I think we need to get I don't have a lot of context yeah Um, but I would say like when you have a crush on someone and you haven't said something like do you are you of the belief of like always telling people when you have feelings or you think it's kind of a time and a place? I mean, obviously, if the other person is in a relationship with somebody else, maybe it's best that we keep that to ourselves. But, you know, if you're both single and, you know, maybe 
as long as it's not going to affect, uh, you know, like a, your professional relationship, if maybe you guys work together or I don't know. I, I think if you have feelings for somebody, tell them. I think we've talked about that. Not only, you know, with somebody who you have a love interest with, but, you know, family and friends as well. Um, tell them how you feel about them. Cause you know, there's, there may be a, there may be a time like now where you, you regret not telling them in the, in the, in the past. So yeah. I like to not have regrets in life. And the best way to do that is kind of going after things that you want within respect of, you know, like you said, if they're in a relationship, maybe don't do that in respect of the other person, but it doesn't hurt to take chances. You might have like your ego hurt a little bit if it doesn't work out or you might like feel like it's a setback. But I think any steps forward in that bravery that you take for yourself is going to only make you stronger and better for it. So I say, why not? Boyfriend's mom died and grief is making him unsure, confused of what he wants from our seven-year relationship. This one's really tough. So the person there in the relationships, their mom just died and the grief is making him unsure and confused. That's hard because you want to support the person. And I can't imagine going through something like that. Like grief is very difficult and it will affect you in a lot of ways that sometimes you don't even realize. And it will maybe it can change you as a person like forever in a lot of ways, especially if it's someone so close to you, like your mom. Um, I think in this situation, be supportive and be there for them, understand what they're going through and how they might be feeling and how hard this time is for them. Um, I think if it's someone that matters to you and clearly they do, it's been seven years, like stand by them because that's kind of how life is. It's even with marriage, it's for better or for worse. And when you're going through ups and downs in life, that's kind of what the agreement is. Even though you guys aren't married, you're, you've been committed to each other for this long. I think, yeah, just continue to support them and just hope that that support will, um, allow him to get better and get through that time. And then, you guys can be stronger from it in the long run. And then it will show you how you guys will both kind of handle hard experiences. It's kind of a good, not test, but a good uh, thing for you guys to kind of go through together um, and just let you know that you're there for him. That might also mean like giving him some space when he needs to be in his grief. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, unless you personally have lost um, your mom, I think it's really important. And this, and this goes really for anyone trying to help somebody get through a tough experience that they have not personally dealt with mm -hmm. uh, themselves, just make sure that when you, when you talk to them, you say something like, just be honest, listen, I have absolutely no idea yeah. what you are going through. Um, but I want you to know that I'm going to be here to help you in any way that I can. So to Sydney's point, if you need space, I'll give you space. Mm -hmm. um, and you guys know, have known each other long enough. You've been in a relationship for seven years. So I think he would appreciate that. And I know that you knowing him so well, you probably will, you probably understand a little bit about what he's feeling if he's, you know, verbalized that to you. But I think it's just really important for just for you to, to verbalize to him like, hey, listen, I have absolutely no idea what you're going through. You, I want to help you as much as possible, but I also need a little bit of direction from you as to how to help you. Mm -hmm. um, and if he says he's unsure, then it may just mean that, okay, well, when you, you know, when you decide on, or when it comes to you, let me know, I'll be here, you know, I'll be here until that happens. But yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. Yeah. 
such a hard um, thing to go through. The healthy relationship after the toxic one, the struggles that come with it. Do you ever feel like any of your relationships were necessarily toxic or negative? I probably would have ended up with one of them. You know what I mean? Like I've, that's what happens when you break up. Yeah. Like you probably break up for reasons of either toxicity or yeah. You know, and I think a good situation. with this, it's kind of letting yourself trust the new person and not taking that baggage or what you've experienced from your last relationship and putting it into the new, new one. That's probably the most difficult part, maybe. Um, and then learning to like give your heart to someone else, being worried that it might happen to you again. Um, so I think it's going to take that healing time in order to feel like you're ready for that next relationship because you might not, you might still be a little bit raw from that last relationship. You might have to work through some things that kind of came up from that past relationship with this new one. If say, if you're going forward, once you've like kind of worked that on your own and through your own emotions and, um, processed it, I think then when you know you're ready for the next relationship, it's kind of really being mindful of not letting yourself apply what happened to the last relationship on this one. Cause it's a completely new relationship. It's a new person. Um, I'm sure you then at this point done work on yourself. So that you're in a way a new, a newer person as well. So just giving yourself the right amount of time and then also just being mindful of not um, applying exactly what happened before to this new person. Cause it's not fair to either of you in that situation when you're just, repeating the same patterns with a different person. Yeah. I think in most cases, and I obviously there's no name or picture attached to this question. So I have absolutely no idea who this is or like what the situation was in your past relationship. I think it's also very important though, to understand that you had some probably toxic behaviors in your relationship as well. Right. Mm -hmm. We can probably make that assumption that, you know, not everyone uh, is innocent on, on either side when yeah. it comes to a toxic relationship. Like there's probably some things that, uh, that you could work on. And I think that's really important to recognize after you've got out of that type of relationship, like, okay, he did this and I didn't like that, or she did this and I didn't like that. However, what are some things that I did maybe that mm-hmm. I, I could probably have handled better or, you know, yeah. um, cause I, I constantly, when I was starting to, uh, when I was getting our relationships and, um, starting to date again, I would constantly, you know, replay in my mind, like, I, I don't know why that went so South. And then it would always hit me like, okay, I probably could have handled that better. Or, um, man, I, w- I really wasn't good when it came to that. Probably shouldn't have said that. And then you sit back and you think, shit, like maybe I was a toxic one and I probably was, and not necessarily toxic, but um, I think complacency is toxic too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not giving enough effort, effort. And I'm guilty of that Like in the past, all hundred percent. And it's evident when you look at some of my past relationships and how well they're doing now, mm-hmm. like they've all, they've obviously are doing very well, have kids are married and they found somebody, um, and they've been able to move on. So when that happens, you kind of have to look at, look at, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, maybe I was a toxic one. Uh, uh-huh. And I also think this doesn't apply at all to like, say, an abusive relationship. That's a completely different thing that we're talking about. Like no one deserves abuse in any regard. But as far as just like a relationship goes, it's always two people. So there's no one's going to be the perfect person in the relationship. And I think it kind of goes both ways. And I think that's the great thing about relationships is you can 
you you can use them to learn a lot about yourself as well and to grow individually because they are like mirrors for they really show you who you are and what you're bringing to the table and you can see that pretty quickly in a relationship mm-hmm. so it's nice to have that but it's also um definitely something to keep in mind when you're going into that next relationship my friend slash ex broke up with me he is going through a depression i feel like it's his i feel like it is my fault is it First of all, you're never responsible for someone else's feelings. It's definitely not your fault. I mean, in any breakup, it's going to bring up emotions and be very difficult. In no way is that your fault. Um, This is hard. So like, do you continue – if you know he's in a depression or if you know he's in a negative place, do you continue to support them and reach out? I mean, I would if you guys had a relationship. Um, If you're trying to set the boundary, if you're trying to do your own thing, then maybe not. But – I would just lend support as far as just like if he needs anything in that regard, not to necessarily get back in the relationship with him, but just to support him when he's going through a time like that. But that's never your fault whatsoever. And I don't think you should ever feel like that. You know, you care about their well-being. You're going to obviously lend a hand and continue to be uh, a support system until they no longer need you to or don't want you to. And that's at that point, that's kind of all you can all you can do. But if you feel like it's your fault, which it probably isn't all you can do is just offer up that support and if they don't want it um or they don't know don't know how to accept it then that's fine i think you just kind of gotta let them handle it on their own then yeah um got broken up with a week ago best way to handle their first heartbreak we talked about heartbreak already heartbreak comes in many forms Mm -hmm. and it's gonna happen a hundred times in your lifetime you know, it'd be awesome if it didn't, but yeah. life is heartbreak sometimes and not to sound like a <laughs> <laughs> calendar, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, that's just, it's all about how you handle it. Right. So, you know, you didn't get the job or you got broken up with or yeah. things happen. You didn't get the house, you know, that you want. You didn't get the dream house. Uh, heartbreak comes in many different forms. It's all about how you handle it. And, uh, I think the only true way to handle it is just to learn from it and move on. Like that's mm-hmm. if you sit there and dwell on it, you're getting worse. Positive um, distractions are very helpful for any type of heartbreak. Um, so something that you enjoy that's not necessarily like unhealthy. Maybe having your friends take you out for dinner. Maybe it's going and taking workout classes that you like or picking up a hobby. Anything to kind of distract you from like scrolling on Instagram and stalking him and going down that rabbit hole and doing all of that. Um, Anything to kind of keep your mind off of it so you can help you move on without um, numbing those feelings or numbing, um, yeah, the aftermath of that breakup. But I I also will say I think a lot of really incredible things can come from very um, sad times and very like difficult times. I think you can grow immensely as a person, especially because that's when you're almost challenged the most in life. Um, and I think the more that you can try to spin it in a positive way for yourself and for your future, I think you'll be very proud of yourself when you come out of it on the other end and bigger opportunities and maybe someone, hopefully someone way better for you will be on the other end of that once you get yourself through that time. Um, how to have the relationship conversation. Things are good and yet I'm still nervous. Do you remember when we had that relationship conversation? Was it over the phone? I don't think we did, did we? I don't know. We had to have like mentioned it. Well, I, I know I was like, are you my boyfriend? But Well, like, I think that was more like for 
uh, publicity purposes? No. <laughs> yeah, I, it was. <laughs> no. Yeah. I made it public after I asked you. I think, well, if you guys, if things are going good. I, and, I say if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like if. I, I always like to ask. I'm not see, afraid to uh, ask, but he's like <laughs> scared to. <laughs> I'm not scared to ask. I'm just saying like if things are going good, why even bring that up? Like it should just naturally happen. Eventually you should just naturally be like, oh yeah, this is, this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend. Like I feel People like can go on for a long period of time and like keep wondering, like, are we dating like a long time? And If you know that uh, you guys are just seeing each other, yeah. you're not dating other people and you're hanging out all the time and maybe he's got stuff at your house, you got stuff at his house. You're probably dating. I wouldn't have a conversation if it's going good. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say that you're dating. If you want to have the conversation, though, because I always want to have the conversation and I'm just kind of crazy. And luckily, you stuck around. But I don't think it's crazy. I just, <laughs> I mean, I, I just like to know from the, the jump because I just, I don't like, I didn't like sleeping around. That wasn't my thing. So we couldn't do that in the pandemic. But like, I would have wanted to know that you weren't seeing other people. So I would have probably just made it like really lame. That's <laughs> but what the I, pandemic was good for. Right? Yeah, you really had no other options right. but to talk to each other. But yeah, I would have probably said something from the beginning. And you can, you don't have to be like crazy about like, you're my boyfriend. You can just be like, so um, I'm just going well. And I don't know, I probably would have made it really awkward, but I would have still asked. I think just I say go for it. If you have been if you've been getting all the signs that you're dating and you don't want to see other people, I think tell them that you don't want to see other people. And I mean, sometimes you have to be kind of comfortable with them being like, "Well, I want to see other people." So that might happen or yeah. You're further along cuz now you're both agreeing not to see other people. I mean, if it's important to you to really have that label and to know, then do it. I say go for it. He has different feelings, but it's all a matter of like just knowing what the negative might be and being okay with that happening. But I don't think that means you should ever hide from what you want to do in life. I think take the chances, take the risk. I think there's better reward when you do, but high risk, high reward. My daughter wants to move to a new city to be closer to a guy. She's only been dating for four months. I'm your daughter. (laughs) Yes. So one, I have questions. Have you met the guy? How do you feel about him? I can. My mom was very concerned when I first started talking about this random dude that I had been talking on the phone for three months in a different state that I had not met before that I was going to be flying from their home to his home by myself um, with in a new city without knowing anyone else there. She, she was very concerned. So I completely get that. I'm not a mother, but I completely understand that. So I think one, you hopefully have met the guy and you like at least trust that. Two. You also have to kind of let your daughter make her own mistakes in a way because if you're going to hold her back or tell her she can't do something, it's just going to make her want to do that thing even more. Um, I know I would have. I would have fought against it. Um, And I think your daughter will at least know that she has your support no matter what happens. So say if she gets there and like it turns out horribly, I think it's good not to be like, I told you so. I told you not to go there. It's – you. As her mother, mother, I would hope would still be like, "I come back home. We got you." Um, that's what I would hope for, and I, that's what my mom would have definitely done. Um, so yeah, I, I, motherhood is hard, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not there yet, but uh, it's a tough thing. But I think the more that you can support her and in, in both ways, whether that is like this is 
going to be the most successful thing that happens or it goes south. I think just being there to support her because she's going to make her own decisions, especially if she's an adult and she wants to do something. Do you agree with that? Again, this is hard because I'm on the other end of this. Yeah. So he was the guy in the situation. Yeah. So. But I, I think I was also very understanding of yeah. the fact that your parents had no idea who I was and had never met me, don't know anything about me. And you were going to be flying to meet me. Yeah. He saw it from both sides yeah. for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, I have a little sister and I have, you know, female cousins and I would not be okay with that. Um, but True. that's me being a protective, you know, older brother and older cousin. And it's just, I think it's really important that you meet him. I also think it's really important that, um, your daughter knows that you trust her judgment. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I feel like they're more willing to, or kids, I say kids, I'm, kids I'm these days. <laughs> I, I think uh, young adults are more willing to make better judgment calls when their parents aren't saying, You're an idiot. Don't do that. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. I'm going to be telling you, I told you so here in three months. Then you're doing things out of spite which I say all the time, that's how I live my life. Everything I do is out of spite. (laughs) But uh, when they know that they trust your judgment, I feel like like, we're more likely to to make better decisions for ourselves because you're like, oh man, my parents trust me. I don't want to lose that trust. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're more willing to make better decisions. So if they know up front, hey, listen, I don't really know this guy. It's kind of scary. Just be honest. Like, hey, I don't know if I'm fully comfortable with this. However, I really trust your judgment. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm fully supportive of you know whatever you want to do. Um, I feel like they're just more willing to make better decisions. They may at that point say, "Wow, I better think about this a little bit, a little bit more before I just make a move to yeah. a new city." So I think for your daughter, it's nice to have an out plan too. We both agreed that before we even met that. If it goes south, if we don't like each other, this is what's going to happen. It was respectful for both of us. So neither of us had to be kind of like terrified of the what ifs. Having that discussion beforehand is also super helpful. Um, Moving to Nashville in three weeks on my own and I've never left my family slash hometown. First of all, congratulations. Super exciting. You are obsessed with Nashville. I'm going to tell you right now, (laughs) you're not going to have a better time than the times you will have in Nashville. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, as far as like living on your own and leaving the nest, I think you're going to go up, you're going to have a lot of ups and downs with it. I remember like, for example, just like going away for when I went to college or whenever I would go back to the city and just feel like very alone. Um, it's like a mixed feeling because you want to be like independent and you're excited for your independence and it is a really exciting thing, but then you're like, oh, but I miss that. So you are kind of torn in both directions, but I think you're going to have a ton of fun and I think you're going to learn a lot and it's going to be a really exciting time in your life. So just enjoy it and know that you're going to have both sides of yourself. That's okay. And that's totally normal to be homesick or whatever. Um, but live it up, like enjoy it, meet new people, kind of push yourself. It's going to take like meeting new friends and everything, push yourself out of your comfort zone and try new things, go to new places, explore the new city and really enjoy it. Don't let yourself just like mope at home, even though that's kind of easier to do. Um, Get out there, especially now that the world is open. Go have fun for Nick. Please. <laughs> Please. Um, what real res- what real respect 
why can I talk anymore at this point? What real respect and appreciation looks like from a partner. Before I continue, I just want to say the scariest time for me in, in elementary school was when we played popcorn and we each had to read a part of the of the book, whatever we're reading in class. That always terrified me. I never wanted to be called on because I was like terrified of counting heads. Yeah, like misreading something. <laughs> I was like, please do don't have? say my name, please. I would like read it and like memorize it beforehand just so I didn't mess it up. And here yeah, it is. Yeah, one word wrong <laughs> yeah. and the class erupts. So embarrassing. Um, so yeah, I still haven't lived through, worked through that, but here we are. So what real respect and appreciation looks like from a partner? I mean, this is hard to like quantify or yeah. objectify, right? Like you don't know. Everybody shows their appreciation and their respect differently. Uh-huh. Um, I can think, I think you can ask for like how you like to be shown that. I think everyone's kind of different in how, like, if he does something that might be like him showing his utmost respect, but I was like, all you did was fold the laundry. You know what I mean? So it kind of depends on what that is for you. Um, So I think kind of being verbal with that, like I told him from the beginning, I was like, I really like to like hear you say how you feel about me. And I really like how like spending time with you and constantly touching you. That's what I like. But um, yeah, I think having that conversation but I also think like you know from your friends and other relationships you know what respect looks like you know how you like to be treated so I think um expect that from your partner and uh expect that for yourself I think everyone deserves appreciation and respect from their relationship and you kind of will have an idea if you're not getting that and if you don't feel respected have that conversation um and if it's something that's a bigger issue then leave the relationship because that's not how you should be treated. Um, What's the whole reason you're in a relationship with someone is to find somebody who is going to respect and appreciate you the way that you want to be respected and appreciated. Mm-hmm. So if you're not getting that. It's uh, not a good, great sign. Not good. Um, and that goes the same for you respecting how they like to be treated and appreciated and as well. So it's going to be different for each person, but having those talks about like what it is, but I think in general, you can kind of sense when you are being disrespected by someone and don't take no shit. Money, how to split bills, groceries, etc. when my boyfriend makes more than me. We have <laughs> done an interesting job at this. Um, so how we kind of split things so far, it'll be different once, you know, we're further down the road, but he, I feel like you do. Make more than me? I mean, I feel like sometimes you do make more than me, but sometimes I make a good amount of money too so it kind of depends we both, yeah we do, both do very well so we kind of just try to share that you are of like kind of the old school camp though as far as like going out to dinner and then you paying that's kind of just how he operates and we just kind of have that, have that agreement i pay for most of the groceries and we kind of split the grocery list but we he pays for when we order doordash and i pay for HelloFresh, and we split the groceries so that's kind of we how we operate um we're still living in his home so that's kind of it works for him just to continue paying that, but I just kind of pay for things when I like. So I pay for all the target um, things and all the kind of renovation things. I do that for me. So I think it's kind of an agreement and that's kind of how we even things out. Um, I think when your boyfriend makes more than you and you're as far as splitting goes, like I don't think you should pay for everything, but I think it's kind of being like, don't overextend yourself just because you're wanting to split be a part of the relationship as financially, I think you can still be a part of that without having to go 50, 50. It could be like 20, 80 or whatever the percentage is for you guys that you're both comfortable with. But I think 
money is going to be a part of it. And I think it's important to contribute to the relationship, but don't expect that to be cut down the middle. I think there's a way that you can do it that's works for both of you guys, but it's going to be a conversation of like what both of you are comfortable with. And I think we kind of learned this too, because at the beginning he was like paying for more. And then we realized like, oh, like that's a lot for one person to kind of take on all of a sudden. Well, I think when she first kind of moved in, obviously what she was doing for a living, like she, she was no longer on tour. Like that was shut down. Well, yeah. on the other hand, like my industry business was booming. Mm-hmm. Like that's, uh, you know, so I was doing very well. And I didn't really feel responsibility, but I felt bad asking her to move in with me and like making her pay for half. Like it was enough for her just to be here like with me. Like I didn't need, I was doing fine with like without, you know, having to split things like money was not an issue. Plus I just felt, I felt like wrong having her move in and like if her parents were to like know that she was like having to pay for half like i just i don't that's not how i was raised my dad would absolutely kill me if um i let somebody pay for my dinner like he's always the first one to we it literally happened last night yeah we were out to dinner and i jokingly grabbed the receipt from my mom who was handing it to my dad and i thought he was gonna you know (laughs) we were gonna come to blows i was just joking around but like the man takes picking up the tab very seriously. <laughs> and it's like a running joke in our family, but that's just how he is. That's how I was raised. Um, and that's kind of like, I guess, my way of giving back. Like whenever I'm at dinner, um, I like to pick up pick up the te- like pick up the the check. I, that's just how I am. Like I yeah. don't expect somebody to pay a ha- like half, especially if I ask them out to dinner. Mm-hmm. So. And we don't go to dinner at that much so it's not like crazy a lot of getting put on blast a lot today just kidding yeah i think it's a conversation i think everyone should contribute to the relationship in some way um it's not gonna look like black and white though it's not gonna be like necessarily 50 50 it can look different for each relationship but it is a conversation i think money can be one of the huge issues that people fight about especially i've heard i've met with a financial person so if you when i go back to that episode we talk a lot about that as well um it's with leandra peters it's an episode back but just contributing and having the conversation and from the beginning, even though if you're just dating, I think it's important to kind of have those talks because that's going to be an element of your relationship always, especially if you continue on. So discussing it. This is, I think, our last question. What kind of self-care do each of you do? I think self-care looks very different for each of us. I love self-care and I think everyone should have their own things that make them that the way that they care for themselves. And I also think that you can, you should also care for yourself separately than just within a relationship. It's nice to like have your own routines. So what is your form of self-care, Nick? Um, I mean, probably the, the most obvious one, just working out. That's kind of like my time to shut everything else out and de-stress a little bit and take care of myself physically mm. and... You also yeah. have like a lovely slow morning routine where he yeah. like gets up. No one else is really awake. Um, he spends his time to himself. That's like your way of your self-care. And it's something that you do every day for yourself. It's just kind of like our routine. Yeah, it's um, like I but- take my time with everything that I do. Like I try not to put myself into a situation where I have to rush. Like I have to rush to work or I have to rush, you know, wherever. Um, that's – a form of self-care because you're not putting yourself in stressful situations. Like Mm -hmm. you're, you're being disciplined and you're having responsibility 
being disciplined enough to not have to be in a rush. Now, there's situations that you can't control, like uh, an accident on the highway or you know whatever. You run out of gas. Well, you can't control that. Don't run out of gas. That's <laughs> you don't do that. Check your tank. Um, but yeah, I mean that's not putting yourself in stressful situations. Probably number one for me. And for me, um, it's a lot of things <laughs> depending on my mood. I like to take baths. I love a good walk. So I'll either force him to go on a walk with me or I'll go by myself. Um, it's just like simple things where I can get out of my head. I think that's my biggest issue is I'm in my head a lot and I'm on my phone a lot. So as much as I can do things that don't involve those two things, I think that's really a good thing for me to do. I think I need to work on being off my phone more. But everyone has something to work on. Um, that's fine. That's all we have. I will say we all, I always end the podcast with like three questions, but I'm going to ask you – one of them. What would you like to leave our my audience with this month? One last piece of advice. I had a really cool conversation with one of our, um, one of the guys I work with. The overarching theme of the conversation was, if you don't like the situation you're in, then change it. Nobody, the world is not going to change it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not owed anything. And if you don't like the direction that your life is heading in, you're the only person who has the ability to change it. So if you don't like where you're at in life, then you just got to get off your ass and go change it or else don't complain because you're the only one who can change it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, and I, I am the one who should be telling myself that more than anything. Right. Um, And that's kind of where the conversation went. But I think that's the one thing that we both kind of gathered from that is, hey, if you're not happy, you're the only person who can change that. You're the only person that can do something about it. So go do it or else shut your mouth. (laughs) That's that's basically what it boils down to. And I think that can be very um, exciting and overwhelming. Like, oh, I have to do it. I have to change it. Or if I want something to change, that has to be me. But it's also like, cool because that means you have control within mm-hmm. some point, point of your life. And it doesn't mean like I make this one shift and everything's going to fall into place. It means like just starting to make those shifts and then seeing what happens from there. I think that's very a very good piece of advice. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I think that's it for us today, you guys. Thank you so much. I thought this was going to be a little bit more lighthearted, but I think we got some really good advice in there. Um, thank Sorry. you. F- <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I tried, but some of the questions you just gotta go. Like Shia LaBeouf. Where they lie? Do it. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Just do it. <laughs> yeah, he's like we're playing like good cop, bad cop. I'm like I'm the mom, he's the dad. Um, but yes, I hope that you got something out of that, and I just can't thank you enough for sending those to us. And we're gonna just keep this train rolling, and he will be back in July. Yeah. So thanks, guys. We love you. Signing off. Adios. Bye. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. My special (laughs) coat. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime this podcast obviously send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at something to share podcast on instagram and i'll see you next wednesday